Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I say this every week. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. And if you have a gift or a passion, I always tell people to lead with your gifts. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews include celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and people I like to call decision makers. 
My next guest is Christina Million. She's a budding, as they say, budding multimedia talent in enterprises in music, fashion, food. You know, she just opened a beignet box and restaurant in, uh, in April in Los Angeles, Studio City. I'm very familiar with Los Angeles. Uh, she's a star in television and film. Uh, she was recently seen in two other film projects on Netflix, the hit romantic comedy movie Falling in Love and the musical drama series Soundtrack. In the new movie, Result to Love, Christina Million plays an aspiring singer, Erica, on a journey to find herself in paradise. The movie's producer is 15-time ta- Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter Alicia Keys. Christina and I have worked many times together on sitcoms like The WB Sister Sister, Steve Harvey Show, and Christina's first leading <laughs> role in 2003 with Steve Harvey. Love don't cost a thing. I was there. I saw her. So let's catch up as we discuss our new Netflix film, Result to Love, and discuss her enterprising career because she's multifaceted. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for the very first time, Christina Million. How you doing? <laughs> that was the best intro. I was having a good time listening. My goodness. Well, first of all. I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, first of all, you look fantastic. And um, I, 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 when my wife and I, we saw the movie last night. I would get that out the box straight off, you know, because, uh, you know, romantic comedies, they really, to me, jumped off during the pandemic because we were sitting at home and, and got, a, got a, had a lot of good time. But you f- seem to have found a niche. But when you find these niches in romantic comedies, you're always at some beautiful location. And I think your last one's in New Zealand, right? Uh, yes, my last one was New Zealand. This time, I, this time around, I was in this beautiful island called Mauritius, and it's a, it's a south of Africa. It's an island south of Africa, and it's the one of the most gorgeous, most beautiful places I've ever been to. It's paradise. Well, I, it, it came across as paradise, and it really, it really impacted what mm-hmm. I felt was. Uh, your brand at the very top of the movie. I'm not going to give away the movie uh, because, uh, but it, <laughs> the way your career took that backslide was so funny. And but what I what I've learned in watching your growth as an actress, you know, is bit that um, you know you had to do two things in here. You had to show your skill as a singer, and you did an amazing job. And then you had to show different levels as an actress. You had to show uh, you know, a sensitive side, and you had to show a side of a uh, I can do better. I believe I can do better. I want to do better. Mm-hmm. And then when you mm-hmm. had to make a turn or make a decision about yourself emotionally, I think where a lot of people get in these relationships, I've been in these relationships myself, Christina, where I want to mm-hmm. move on, but I can't move on. And let's talk to us about that character mm-hmm. and you getting this script, realizing these levels that you have to deal with in the Netflix movie, uh, Result to Love. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely the different conflicts that she personally has to deal with. Um, It's one of the main things is like a lot of this is all rooted in it comes from the heart. And I feel like, um, you know, with my character, Erica, you know, one of the basis of her character is that she loves music. She has this passion for music and it's been her first love since she was a child. She's willing to sacrifice anything, including her love life, to pursue this music career with the hopes that it would be successful. I understand. I've been in her shoes before and I still understand to this day, um, you know, and it's and, and it really takes like the right person, honestly, to, to actually alter the direction or how that, how that plan or how that idea actually, um, uh, plays out. Um, 
one thing, like, obviously I get to sing in the movie. Yes. I love that. But I felt like she was a real person and a real person in a situation that is so awkward and so unusual, not unusual. I feel like these days we have so many coincidences that happen in our lives. One, because we have social media, we have computers. I feel like the six degrees of separation have now become two degrees of separation right, these right. days. So yeah. it is possible that you can bump into a whole X from like 20 years ago that was, you know, back then you thought was the love of your life all the way in some Island or just someplace else. And you're just like, have this, this striking feeling of something different of emotion that you might not even expect things like that do happen these days. So, um, I love that she was a real girl who's faced with the conflict. Um, and she doesn't, she doesn't out the gate say like, I'm going to face this conflict and I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to change this. Like she just actually uses her optimism and a little bit of hope to say like, all right, well, I got to do something different. I got to, I got to change something in my life so I can make it better. Um, so, you know, or maybe just like, don't have to think about it. <laughs> and then she's confronted with probably the hardest thing that, you know, she has that, that she's, that she hasn't dealt with yet. So, um, I love all the conflict and I love that, you know, she's able to overcome, um, through the storyline, um, as well as the other characters in the, uh, in the movie as well. Well, you know, the, and there are some other fun characters in this, in this movie, cause it yeah. is a comedy. Let's put it in forefront. And I, I want to yes. jump back to when I first met you on sister, sister and, you know, Steve Harvey, I was managing Steve Harvey at the time. And, and when we did, uh, you know, love don't cost a thing, which, uh, you know, you had a lot of questions, you know, cause you was really entering, you was very young. And you still look you look fantastic mm-hmm. now. You look fantastic now. Oh, you still look very young, by the way. And so, and so, <laughs> thank you. In making that growth as an actress, because that's what we're talking about now. Because I, I saw such mm-hmm. a natural-looking individual on my screen watching you. When, what, what point did it became okay? I can do this, you know, because you you want to do it. That's when when you were doing such such a sitcom, you wanted yes. to do it. At what point you say? I, I can do this. And then what point you say I can make it as a career. And that's what shows so fantastic on the Netflix movie ready result to love. Well, I think when I knew I could do this is when the opportunity started to become more relevant for, for actresses and for women like myself, mm-hmm. um, especially when most roles in movies were like leading male roles. Right. Um, when the opportunity came for love don't cost a thing, that was my first lead role. I, ever had the opportunity to even have or to become a part of. It was my first offer for a film. I never I didn't even have to audition for it, which was a shock for me. I never experienced an offer on a movie or greenlighting a movie as well for a network uh, like Warner Brothers. Prior to that, I mean, my career was based off of just hustling so hard and working and auditioning just to be girl number one or girl number two in Sister Sister or uh, you know, that, you know, girl number four in the Steve Harvey show <laughs> you know, but I knew at some point uh, there's some way, you know, I was going to make it. I just had to work really hard because us as a people, um, you know, the opportunities were few and far apart, but I knew it was possible and I believed in myself. So, um, the, the, when I really knew I could do this and that I could be a lead actress was love don't cost a thing. When they gave me that opportunity without even questioning, that was like, I was really in shock and awe with the fact that they gave me this type of opportunity and the fact that uh, Warner Brothers said, yes, we, we're greenlighting this film based off of her persona and who she is and off of this script. 
no audition, no this, no that, but we know she's got a good history. She, she's got a good reputation. Mm-hmm. We know she's got followers as far as like a fan base and, uh, and you know, with put, put it together with a great director, then, you know, she'll be all good. And so when I did that movie and I worked together with uh, Nick Cannon and that movie came out and people saw the movie and they felt how natural my, um, my acting was for my character and Paris Morgan. And I actually got to see it on film. You know, it's one of those things you get nervous, you do it. And then you're like, when I see this, what am I going to think? And I was really proud of my work when I saw it for the first time. Like I really had a real whole acting role. (laughs) It was cool. It was more than just two lines. (laughs) Well, it it, it was more than two Uh, lines. So it went from that to a whole movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, the beauty of this conversation that I'm having with Christina is about a career, a career that is an amazing journey because I've been able to watch it. We've all been able to watch it. And and we all know there are ups and downs, like, you know, your singing career, you like like in the movie, you lost your deal. Yes, just like in the movie. It's funniest in the movie, of course. The movie was hysterical how that, that that singing opportunity went away. But in the in the process yeah. of playing an aspiring singer, you really got to sing in this movie. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I did. And, you know, with Alicia Keys being a producer, you know, at implementing, you know, those elements of music, there's like six different songs I sing in the movie, um, was was something that was exciting for me because I got to get in the studio again yes. and um, I had to show what Erica like has been, you know, working her butt off for and what, what, what she, what she does for a living. And so I was really happy to play her character and play her role because technically I was fulfilling this void of like, I miss being in the studio and I miss putting <laughs> out music and he- people hearing my songs. So now I get to uh, marry the two, my acting and my singing together in this movie. And of course you add some parts of romance and some comedy and it just, all feels good. So, uh, yeah, that made me happy. I got to sing in this. Well, you know, the fun part about the movie Result to Love, that's on Netflix, uh, it'll be on Netflix this morning. It stars uh, Christina Milian, very talented singer, entrepreneur, actress who, who and, and, you know, singing. And then this is, this is a little physical comedy in this as well. Okay. And then also just traditional mm-hmm. comedy. And it is also a romantic theme. And it's kind of the two, two romantic mm-hmm. things that are happening. I'm not giving away the movie, but there are two. But she plays it all the way to the end. It threw me off because I didn't know where she was going to go. I'm just letting you know that was some good acting because I didn't know if she saw what my right. wife and I saw. Because we saw what she's supposed to have went. But she was playing us with her good acting. So so when you get these parallel uh, emotions that you have to play out, then you have to be this really good singer. And I'm going to just tell everybody, because she does the singing so well, it wasn't a denial of her ability that she was in a location and she was just like down on her luck. And she shouldn't be there because she was so good at what she did when she sung in the movie. So talk about that physical oh. comedy. Talk about that parallel emotion, emotional run that you have in there and dealing with pulling all this together for a great movie that you're doing on Netflix. Uh, you know, I say overall, I think it's, you know, I love to entertain the people. Uh, the physical, The physical element of comedy, I love watching others do the physical element of comedy. A lot of male actors do that. A lot of classic, um, like, uh, Saturday Night Live actresses (laughs) do that from like the early beginnings to like, you know, there's, there's, 
there's typical rom-com and you could just play it safe and you could just tell a story mm. or you could have fun doing it. Yes. And I love to laugh my butt off. I want to cry, laugh, laughter, tears. I want to cry sometimes. I want to experience it all. And if, um, if it's sometimes it means going out of the box and not being afraid to like alter who you are in your own persona. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important as an actor to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to, you want to bring the highs and the lows. Right. Um, being on, uh, yeah, absolutely. So the physical element of comedy, I really enjoy doing. And I learned a lot of that even from my last director, Roger Campbell, on um, Falling in Love, because he was a really fun director. And he really, like, he showed me, he, he showed me a couple moments by other um, great comedians to, like, implement into my last movie. He was like, check this out. And he's like, do your own thing to it, but this should inspire you. And since then I've just been just unafraid and fearless about just being out of my shell and right. having fun. And if they like it, they do. If they don't, then cut it out, cut it out and I'll do something else. It's fine. But at least I tried. That's what I, that was the thing I wanted to do. Um, and then, um, oh, what was the other question? I'm sorry. She was carrying dual emotions throughout the movie that, oh. that kind of like, mm-hmm. ooh, your boy here, because I thought you had missed out the right person. In fact, there was one moment my wife screamed at the TV when you thought you was about to do something with your ex-fiance. She said, no! So really, you did a great job. So talk about that whole run there. Because that's, I'm telling you something, Christina, oh, I'm not man. just talking about and just trying to throw some shine on you because it's a good interview. I'm just letting you know Wow, girl, you got it. And it's a blessing to see you from 2003 and just to sit down in my home and see you on the screen again, leading a movie. You are the star of this movie. And that carries a lot of weight. Thank you. And to see you carry these lines and bring credibility to it and then throw a mislead on your boy is, is a testament to where you are at in your life. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to find out. How were you able to do that? I want, I, I, I love that it's unpredictable. And I think that's important because we can watch a lot of romantic comedies and know exactly. I watch them sometimes and I'm like, I know it's going to happen. This is going to happen and that's yes. going to happen next and blah, blah, blah. This is the story. Maybe because I've done them so many times or maybe because I've watched them so many times. <laughs> but I like the, the factor of being unpredictable. And in this case, you know, you've got two brothers. You've also got another woman. There's a, like a quadruple kind of love triangle that's yes. happening here. Wait, not a quadruple quadruple it's not even a triangle a love quadruplet <laughs> there you go something like that that's happening between four people that that sounds really kind of crazy but um most important between her and the two guys that she's like she can either go backwards or she can move forward but she's still at the end of the day needs closure and i think it's important that she's trying to figure out what that closure is um of course hope hoping not to break a happy home but maybe her happy home is with her ex-fiance we don't know um but it's it's that's where she needs to explore and to find out and uh sometimes we don't have those answers we have to figure it out ourselves so well you you, you, uh, you just always hope that lady. you don't break too many hearts in and, the process and you i'm <laughs> proud that you was able to, to, to like i said we'd see these movies you track them out you know what's going to happen <laughs> But uh, again, the overall cast was fantastic. Good looking people, by the way, you know. Yeah. Uh, exceptionally yes. funny. Yes, Jay Farrow, Cinqua Walls. And, uh, and so let's talk about, let's shift gears a little bit because this is money making conversations. And, you know, you are an entrepreneur. Okay. 
And uh, the pandemic came out mm -hmm. last year. It's still going on right now. I shouldn't say it came out because we're still dealing with the issues now of COVID-19. And you opened a restaurant this year, Beignet Box. Now, beignets, if you don't know what beignets, I'm from Houston, Texas, so I'm very familiar with the beignets. And then your business oh, yeah. partner has Louisiana roots. So talk about going into the yeah. restaurant business and why did you go in business with this particular partner? Give us some history. Um, so my best friend and I, we used to live together. We were roommates and, uh, she and I both have just very entrepreneurial kind of attitudes and, and just like when we love something, we're very passionate about it. We, we, we study it. We know the details of it. We strategize everything, mm -hmm. um, before we actually pursue it. And, um, and then after that, it's about the pursuit of making it succeed. So we watched each other pursue our own little businesses and things throughout the years. And when we were roommating, we said, you know, Sunday, we got to do something together. We right. need to create a business. It's two women. This is, it's got to be based on where we live. We live in Studio City, California. We know friends here. People, we, we have to do something what we know our friends will become a part of and help us to help it grow. So we were like, let's do bakery. Let's do this. Let's do that. And one day she had a foundation in um, Louisiana where we would rebuild homes from Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And um, we were out there and we would go get beignets. And it was us with all our girlfriends. And we're eating beignets and we're going back for more beignets. And then we were like, hold on. We need to bring beignets to L.A. What are we doing? We're yes. tripping. And so we started to really not only because we love beignets, we started to figure out what the business of it, what, you know, what the price, you know, what it costs, this, that, you know, what, what it costs to actually start up the business, how much you would make in the end, how much, you know, all the money that goes out, what, what, how do we want to be a brand or do we just want to be one, you know, one location? You know, the idea is to overall become a, a, uh, a large brand. We want to be, franchise. um, we want to be posted everywhere, to be honest with you. And we started it over two years ago. Um, we started with, you know, we got our trademark done. We figured out our recipe. We launched in LSU stadium. We had just a big old fryer, uh, <laughs> you know, big old pot wow. with oil in it. Uh -huh. And the, the, you know, the gas, you know, the mm -hmm. little yes. gas thing on the side. And my friend's family was serving it to people there. And then we decided to do a food truck. So we did a food truck to, uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And since then now I've opened the store in the studio city, we have a kiosk in Glen. We have another truck that's also in Louisiana and that's all happened in two years. So I feel very fortunate. Um, sooner or later we'll be franchising. Um, but right now we're re really just making sure quality control that we have the best, um, you know, quality and that we're giving our very best before we actually, uh, franchise out. Now, uh, now are you just doing beignets? Are you doing sandwiches? You're doing other pastries? Can you give no, us a little history? we stick to one thing that we're good at. It's powdered beignets. Wow. Powdered sugar beignets. Just like and New coffee. Orleans. And sometimes it's best to stick to one thing and be great at it rather mm -hmm. than, uh, than, you know, having your hands in everything. Well, that I, I love that. I love the whole concept. But the, the, the fact that, you, like you said, you did, like you said, a budget, uh, you got your trademark, you did the yes. work by quality control. And so that's the, the business side of you. Is, uh, is that eventually going to become a dominant side of your career or the love of music, the love of acting, and you're just balancing it out? And of course, being a family. You're a mom. Yeah. You know, all that's, all that's a huge balance for you all across the board. So where do we stand now yeah. moving forward in 2021? 
Uh, 20, from, from 20, 2021 going forward, it's pretty much going to stay about the same. There I mean, go. to me, it's an equal balance. I think my career also helps, um, helps highlight my entrepreneurial side as well as it goes the other way around. Um, so it's more about like, what else is going to happen there from you that, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even on the film and the entertainment side, I mean, who knows, I might direct more, I might produce more and not might, I know that's the plan and that's what I will do eventually. Mm-hmm. But right now my focus focus is my uh to entertain and also to to really grow this brand and um it's going very well and i i i think uh i don't i, I don't know myself to stop doing one thing over the other for sure especially when it comes to entertainment i think i'll always be doing it for my whole life cool from love don't cost a thing with steve harvey to resort to love on netflix she's a star she's a beast in a good way that's a positive statement i appreciate you coming on money making conversation christina million Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, too. Appreciate you. Thank you. We will be right back with more money-making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. This week I sat down with the co-host of the Today Show, Craig Melvin. In his new book, he talks about the difficulties of growing up with his father and how the father figures in his life have shaped his understanding of his role as the proud dad he is today. Here's what he had to say. I think that you can be shaped by negative examples yes. uh, um, just as much as you can be shaped by positive examples. In fact, I think in some instances, maybe even more so. So, you know, growing up, I I didn't know the kind of man that I wanted to be. Um, I didn't certainly know the kind of father that I wanted to be. But up until a few years ago, I knew I didn't want to be anything, anything like my dad. Yes. Um, and, 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 and that was what, what motivated me personally and professionally, probably to a certain extent, now that, I, now that I'm, I'm talking about it. If you want to listen to this full interview with Craig Melvin, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Todd Delaney. He is a Grammy-nominated, stellar award-winning recording artist, songwriter, producer, and worship leader. A former baseball player that's really key in this interview. He was focused on pursuing a baseball career, and at the age of 18, he was drafted by the New York Mets. While pursuing baseball, he realized there was a higher calling upon his life. And to the surprise of many, he left the sport world behind to pursue a career as a gospel recording artist. Todd Delaney has delivered some of the biggest worship anthems of the past decade with number one singles, You Doing It... You're Doing It All Again, Your Great Name, Psalm 18, number one gospel albums such as Your Great Name and A Worship's Heart. He's revered as one of the influences of the next generation of gospel music. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Todd Delaney. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing wonderful, man. Thanks for having me. First of all, I had a lot to say about you. You know, your yeah. success, you know, uh, you're out there, out there running around that diamond, as they call the baseball field. You uh-huh. got that cap on looking like a young King Griffey Jr. Because <laughs> 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 I have to believe that was your dream at first, right? Being the Absolutely. next King Griffey Jr. Absolutely, man. I mean, I that, the thing was, the, the goal was to get to a bunch of millions of dollars, man. That, mm-hmm. that, was, that was the goal right. when I was a kid growing up in the hood. I said, if I could just get to the bag... Um, that's all that matters. But I realized that um, I had a little bit more to offer than just going after the bag. And I think I wanted to take that route so I can try to impact the world in a more positive way than you just coming to a stadium and watching me play. Well, you know, it's, it's really, when you make these decisions, especially at a young age, you know, I was, you know, because your youth really determines your future. I always tell people the decisions you make between 18 and 24 are really the career decisions that how you going to make your money when you're 40, 50, and 60. And so you made a decision that because obviously to be drafted by the Mets, there's a considerable uh, scouting that goes into that. And they don't just draft people just for fun. They draft them because they feel they can nurture their talents and build upon that. Talk about the experience of being drafted at that point. And then we're going to go through the whole process of maturing to the point that you made a decision that that wasn't the direction for you. Yeah. So, so Brad, the, the, the biggest thing about the whole draft process is that you got to think about everybody in your family that puts so much into you, your development. Like my mom and dad spent so much money mm-hmm. on me playing and traveling the world. So um, for them, this was the biggest thing that could possibly ever happen. And for me too, right. you know what I mean? Like when I start seeing the scouts were coming to the game mm-hmm. and uh, they were talking <laughs> to my parents, they would mm-hmm. pull my parents to the side and say, man, we think your son can play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents would in, in turn take me home and tell me we talked to the Pittsburgh Pirates today. We talked to the Cubs today. We talked. And so at that point, I, I, I was, Hey, 
I'm all in. I said, okay, <laughs> you mean I can go get the bag? No more school? You mean what? Like what? What does my future look like? Right. And so, um, at that point, when they started talking like that, my mind started changing because I started seeing my future in a different way. Um, and then um, I never imagined stepping away to do nothing else, especially singing gospel music at that, because in gospel music, that's not really a, a lucrative lucrative right. business. That's that's more of a, you know, commitment as far as your your uh, faith, faith in what you believe. Mm-hmm. And how you're motivated to move people. Now, the whole process, now what position did you play? I want to make sure that everybody hears that. I was call. a sec- second baseman. Second, yep, base. second okay, base. Jose Altuve, all the great second basemen out there. Ryan Seinberg, all that, out there throwing that double play, you know, making that spin uh-huh. and that shortstop throwing it down. <laughs> so, what was your best? I remember? see you what, know. I mean, come on, man. Look, I, I did, first of all, I did my research on you, too. So, you know, I'm saying, <laughs> some of this information, you just telling me so I can let the general public know about your skills. Uh-huh. Because, I, because when people make these decisions, like, for instance, my, my degree was in mathematics, you know, okay. I went to work for IBM. And then it came a point in my life, IBM wasn't the journey I wanted, and I wanted to be a stand-up comic, you know. Okay. And I know when I was making that decision, Todd, it was difficult for me because I knew, just like you said, a lot of people had invested energy yeah. and, and, and was excited and working. Uh, I come from the inner city, and, and being yeah. that way, I, I, I worked for a Fortune 500 company, IBM, and, and so that that's what that's what you said. Next thing you step for that was just to get married and have some kids. That's yeah, that's the road, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when when I made that decision, and I always tell people, I made it a year in advance when I and I, and I when I when I was sitting at home and I was in tears because I knew it was such a difficult decision for me because I know that decisions that I make also impacts others. And so yeah. I know it wasn't an easy decision. That's why I wanted to bring my experience into your experience so you'll know that yeah. I share a point of view and an emotion. And yeah. I wasn't trying, I, I wasn't thinking about millions of dollars. Oh, I saw Eddie Murphy out there. I saw Richard Pryor out there. I, I, I saw all those guys out there, but I didn't. I just saw an opportunity to say, this is what I wanted to do. But you yeah. know, the beauty yeah. of it is that there's no game plan. As in baseball, yeah. there's yeah. a game plan. You, you start yeah. here, you go to this next level, you get to this next level, you make the major leagues. But to yeah. be a gospel yeah. artist, there's no plan. So talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, I the crazy thing is I think I went in blind. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, w- I didn't know what the future held. I didn't, you know, I wasn't smart enough, I don't think, to really have gathered all of my thoughts. I just knew I was following my heart um, mm-hmm. because, if I could do it all over again, now that I actually have a greater insight into business and everything, I don't think I would have jumped the way I did. Right. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm grateful that I I'm, I wasn't as, you know, I guess smart because <laughs> I would have held on to what I knew was sure. And what was sure at that time was that you could make a lot of money playing baseball. Right. And so that transition for me, um, I, I, I jumped blind because I was so excited about the fact that I could make impact sharing this new faith, this new thing that I had, because I didn't, you know, I I didn't grow up churchy. I grew up straight, like, let's get it. Let's get out to the clubs. Let's fight a little bit. Let's do all of that. I grew up like that. So when I came into this knowledge of the Bible and the relationship with God, that was really the thing that kind of grabbed me because I said, dang, there's a whole nother way I can think, live and do my life. And that was the thing that kind of made me make the transition. Now, my parents, they were Bible people too. And they were like, hold on, hold on. This, this might not be God. Like what you, you, you need to go back and play baseball that, right. that, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And I said, no, nah, mom, 
I done found something that that I believe is the world. And thankfully, I held to my guns. Well, you know, it, it's really interesting. And that's what I said in the beginning. I always lead with your gifts. Don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living wow. your dream. And that's where you were wow. at that point. How old were you at that time, Todd? I was 23. Mm-hmm. And you was at 23. Yeah. And like I said, uh, I made the decision. Based, I was 23, too. I was 23 and I left, I left IBM and I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, I had an idea of what I, I knew. First of all, I had the talent. Know yeah. that you had the talent. So we we couldn't walk away from that. So when people, when you start making that decision, Todd, nobody could say, well, you know, he about to jump out <laughs> the kiddies. Can he, can he sing? Can he perform? Can, wait, right, can he write music? Right. Well, nobody questioned that. But they, they were so... <laughs> directional about what you should be doing, who had yeah. the biggest pushback on that? Was it your friends? Was it your family? Because I know, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I, I told my friends, they go, really? You leaving yeah. IBM to tell jokes. And then they went, yeah, yeah. And then they went there. This is when they went on me. How you going to make money? And I'm going to tell you this right here, Todd. Yeah. I could not tell them how I was going to make money. And I had a house. I just bought a house. Like you said, remember you said, jump out there with bad yeah. decisions. If I had yeah. to do it all again, I probably would have stayed at IBM because I just yeah. bought a house. I bought a car. And I said, man, I got to get out of this. So it was It was more <laughs> on faith. It was more on, I had a plan, but the plan was in me. I believe yeah. in me. So let's talk about that process because I really want to slow people down because a lot of people listening to the show, they they sitting around uh, debating. They they letting their, their husband stop them. They letting their relationship stop them. Some of them even letting their kids stop them. And so, yeah. but you all can only stop yourself and you can only start yourself. Talk to us, sir. That's right. Yeah, it, it was my my old man gave me the most pushback. My mm-hmm. father, uh, <laughs> my, my father, I mean, because I mean, he was so, we were so close yes. to what they thought was the greatest thing that I could ever do. And, mm-hmm. and um, the, the, the crazy thing about so how much we put so much emphasis on, you know, uh, sports in, in America, like mm-hmm. if you make it to the top in sports, they think that's the greatest thing. Right. But for me, impact, impact was the, was the greatest thing. I said, mm-hmm. man, how can I impact the world? Now, mm-hmm. now, now that I'm in this thing all the way over here, mm-hmm. um, I'm in, in my mind, I'm thinking I'll make more money on this side than I ever could have imagined because right. I never did it for the money. You know what right. I'm saying? I, I did it because I knew that I wanted to be an impactor of, uh, of the world in a positive direction. And so, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I say that just to say to people that are watching it, don't ever chase the dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, not the, it's not the dollar, chase the impact. How mm-hmm. can you make an impact on other people's lives and the money will chase you? And so I'm in a really, really, really beautiful place right now. But but to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, my old man, because my old man knew that he could put the fear of God in me mm-hmm. um, for a long time. <laughs> so that was the big thing that he told me, man, you pretty much going to get your tail back. There. That was the first time that I really I think I stood up to my father mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I know I know you can probably still whoop me, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm right. going my own direction. He eventually backed off and really gave me a support. Right. But I had. Fear of God for a little while. Well, you know, it, it really is, uh, you know, because he saw he was you was living his dream, and I I, yeah. I cannot fault him for that. He was caught up, and I guess that's the proper term. He was caught up. 
He was calling yep. my boy, my boy, because he can explain that to his other boys. You know what I'm saying? My boy uh-huh. going to New York, man. My boy, all star. My boy hit a home run. My boy stole a base. My yep. boy singing gospel. That's a different corner. That's a different corner that street is. conversation. <laughs> that's a different corner street conversation, Todd. So I know where you're coming from, okay? But the beauty of it is that. What I'm trying to tell everybody in this interview I'm doing, which is a brilliant Grammy-nominated, stellar award-winning recording artist, songwriter, producer, worship leader, because you're leading worship right here on my show right now, because the worship oh, is wow. tied to inspiration, and inspiration is tied to overcoming what I feel is doubt. And you said something very important, and people always ask me. I would tell people, I don't chase money. I chase opportunity. I chase yeah. relationships. I chase the because if I have the right relationship, I'm gonna get paid. But if you go into yeah. a situation, and let's clear this up, team, when we talk like this, in order to start up, if you're an entrepreneur, if you wow. out there, you better have a budget. You better understand how you spend. Wow. We're talking about individuals who will walk away from a job and have a God-given talent. And that's what I had. I had a God-given talent as a stand-up comedian. You had a God-given talent as a gospel singer, arranger, music leader. And that's a different conversation. You don't have a budget tied to that. You know what I'm saying? You don't have a budget tied to that. Now, if you try to open up your next Dunkin' Donuts or next uh, 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 IT store, you better have a budget and a plan and hopefully have some money in the bank. But I always tell people, I can stand on the corner, Todd, and tell jokes and make money. Okay? Just like you. If you really, if it got ugly out there, brother, you can hit the corner <laughs> and start praising the Lord, and it's gonna be all good. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a couple of dollars on the corner, man. Come on, come on. And now, 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 now we, now we turning the corner, man. You, 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 you made the commitment. Uh, I'm getting out of here, but there's still no plan in place. How do you start sowing the seeds of the opportunity to pursue your dream, your dream after leaving baseball? So after leaving baseball, I think the, the greatest connection that I made was with a guy, Grammy Award winner. His name is uh, Pastor Smokey Norfolk. I made yeah, a relationship come on with him. That's my boy. I did 13. Yeah. I produced 13 <laughs> Celebrations of Gospel, BET. So I know Smokey. <laughs> my Snorky Norville, all right? Yeah, Smokey, Smokey took me under his wing, man. And that was the relationship that kind of gave me a real visual of the fact that, man, I see a guy that's swaggy. Got a family, got kids. He's singing the gospel. I can relate. And I said, I, I would like to live a life like his, one that is dedicated to his faith, mm-hmm. but it still looks cool. He made right. it look good. Right. You know, Smoking sit on the beast. piano, sing song. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can do this. Like, I can really do it. And he taught me the business, taught me the game, taught me, taught me how to study the Bible, mm-hmm. taught me how to write songs on the level where it's like, hey, I was listening to somebody. It was almost equivalent to talking to a major league baseball player that was an all-star. Hey, this is how you put in work to get to where you want to be. This is how you write songs that'll be nominated for Grammys. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the blueprint. And um, that was when the corner began to turn then um, because I started to see, I said, Hey, if he can do it, then I can do it. And he would tell me things like, bro, you're going to be, you're going to go farther than me. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, dude, you're a, you're mm-hmm. a beast. Mm-hmm. How am I going to go farther than you? And he was like, no, he's like, it only makes sense that you go farther than me because I'm actually teaching you the game before I ever knew it. And so, um, and he, sure enough, he's still my mentor to this day. And that, but that was the, that was the pivotal move in my life. Well, you know, uh, when Steve Harvey and I, because Steve was a uh, host and I was producing uh and writing their monologues and everything for a celebration of gospel. For 13 years, we did it. 
And uh, that allowed me to, you know, entryway into a lot of incredible people like Smokey, um, uh, like Kirk Franklin, that's my boy, Yolanda Adams, just, just, you know, just to go down to do it, go down, Mary, Mary, everybody. Yeah. And that process, I learned that there was a shift in, in the gospel, you know, especially with Steve Harvey hosting. There was a comedian who did Def Comedy Jam. How did, you know, because gospel has always been sometimes too churchy. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. can't. It's not. Yeah. Ch- gospel can sometimes be uninviting. Even That's though, right. it, even, though right. it's, even though it's God's song, it can be like, yeah. well, hey, you 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 come talk to God the way I want you to come talk yes. to God. Yes. Now, if you don't talk to God the way, ah, we don't want to hear you. We don't want to yeah. hear you. Am yeah. I right when I'm saying that, Tom? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're right. <laughs> talk to us about hey, that, you, man. Hey, because you, you, you got that swag. Language, man. You got that swag, Todd. I'm I, I, I telling you something, man. I, I look at you with a brilliant smile. I talk to Molly Music. That's my boy. Uh, green, that's yeah. my boy. So, so I'm not. A, I'm not a person who's uh, who's a, who's just stepping into an uh, interview with you because you're popular and you're successful now. Hey, you now you in the family now. You know, you know, money yeah, making conversation family because all of them come on my show. And when we come on yeah. the show, we talk like this because it's about your inspiration. It's your journey, and more importantly, sometimes people will restrict your journey, even though you're trying to accomplish the same goal. And that yeah. is where I, I run into trouble uh, with, when we come into gospel because we're all trying to uplift. We're trying, all trying to make people feel good. But yes. some people want you to do it a certain way. How has that uh, motivated you and how has that disappointed you at times? Oh, man, look, you lead me, you lead me to a place where I'm probably going to say too much, but I, I, I don't care because um, I, I, heard, I heard it said like this. Mm-hmm. Dietrich Haddon told me one time, he said, the goal is to break into the gospel mu- mm-hmm. music industry and then to break out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't understand it. You know what I mean? Because I said, well, why would you want to break out? You know, he said, no, nah. he said, he says, cause when you break in, people will try to keep you bound on the end. They'll try to make you do everything like they want you to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to break out of that mm-hmm. and become your own man in God, man. And I'm at that place right now. Like I, I've enjoyed what I've been able to accomplish here but I don't want to be owned by anybody. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do or be dictated to do anything by anybody's systems or standards, man. I, I'm trying to make my own mark in this world. Um, I'm trying to create my own system in this world so that um, nobody can put a cap on how much money I can make, mm-hmm. how many souls I can win, what kind of music I produce. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just, I've always been like that. I've always been a little bit of a rebel. Um, even <laughs> when, when people were saying, man, you stupid for walking away from baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I knew I could do it because I knew what was on the inside of me. And so you talk in my language, like this, this right here is probably what's on the forefront of, of my mind every day when I wake up in the morning. It's like, how do I create a system that will allow me to dominate aside from what everybody else is telling me that is the norm and that I have to do in order for me to, to dominate in this world. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it's anything that I have to do. I believe I can do it however I want to. I can create my own recipe. And so that's what we're doing right now. We know, Todd Delaney, when we are sitting up here talking, and when I, and I say the full name, because you need to be recognized for your success. You know, there's a lot of ties out there, but there's only one Todd Delaney. And, yes, and when you, when you, you know, you're a grinder. I can tell you right there. And sometimes grinders are like me. You don't, you, you move, you move on to the next project. And sometimes you got to be reminded of how special you are. Wow. And um, your number one gospel album, Your Great Name, you know, when, you know, 
when it started moving, when it started impacting, when it started streaming and mm-hmm. sales and yeah. views and tell me about that, man. Tell me about tell me tell me about that. First of all, you and then the family and then you the big smile. <laughs> man, so so that 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 whole moment in, in time, that momentum that took off right there with your great name. Um, it, it was global for one. So it was like we we spent a lot of time in the motherland. We spent time in South uh, South America. Mm-hmm. We spent time. I went to India. So it was it was just always going. But to the greatest thing about it was to see the way people were influenced by you, man. Like, and I'm talking about on another side of the world. It's one thing, man, to 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 talk. Um, like talk English to people and see mm-hmm, your own mm-hmm, people be impacted mm-hmm, by your music, mm-hmm. but to go to another side of the world where people hardly even speak the same language as you. And they say, we listen to your music. We watch your videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're encouraged by you. That thing will leave tears in your eye. And like, right. so my wife and I and the band, we traveled the world in that whole, your great name moment. It, we were just touring the world and crying, bro. Like we were, <laughs> we couldn't believe that the world was singing these songs and that the world was impacted. Like we did a concert in Uganda, 75,000 people showed up three nights in a row. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I, I'm like, at this point, like, <laughs> God, what else are you going to show me? Yeah, like, yeah. cause I, I'm just a little, all I could think was right, I was just right, a young right, guy right, from the right. West side of Chicago. Yo, so I didn't know. I, I didn't even know people over there on the other side of the world were even listening. Yo, and so that's, that's what that was Tina like. Turner, Tina Turner really. concert out there. Yeah. They were just lighting up the flashlights and stuff like that. All those people out there. Can't you see the back of the room? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You can't even see the end of them, man. Yeah. And, and that's that's the beauty of it. Now, now uh, the new album, Anthems and Glory, you know, that you yeah. have out. Uh, this, this body of music, you know, you're leading listeners literally back to the scriptures for hope, comfort, answers, instructions, because I need instructions, and I need hope, and I need I need prayer. I need all those things. Sometimes I yeah. may be in denial about it. I'm going to tell you right now. But that doesn't mean I don't need it. So how do you yeah. how do you make sure that those layers, there's 17 tracks on this album, Yeah. why did you do it, and why is it impacting a person like me? Man, I, I, um, okay. Well, I remember this thing. There, there was, there was something done a few years back by all the celebrities, a lot of them, um, called the Bible stories. They, mm-hmm. they did a CD where they were all using their voices and they were, you know, replaying the Bible. And at that moment, I kind of got the, um, the idea then that there's one book in the Bible that'll never stop selling to the people. And that's the Bible. The Bible is always probably the number one selling book every year. Right. And so, um, I figured, I said, you can't go wrong when you give people the Bible, the word of God, and then it kind of takes you out of the way because there's so much disagreement about what the scriptures say, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I know that I can take my own emotion and opinion out of the way when I just give people the word, sing them the word. And so they can turn to it, rather it's like, hey, you know what? Um, he's taking kind of his own uh, influence out of the music and he's giving us just straight Bible. For people that don't like to read too much, I got you faded. We we put it in music so you could just turn it on and let it hit your spirit. Now, you know, the thing about it is that one thing I, every, I always tell people, ever since I was 18 years old, I've always been uplifting. When I look back at my life, you know, I looked at, I've been the same guy mm-hmm. when I was 18. You know, I remember students who were struggling in college. I, I, I 
find out why they were struggling and try to help them move forward. You know, you can, uh, but again, uh, you can only help people so much, but you, again, yeah. you are there to uplift. Now, same thing with yeah. you, you know, with, you're not only delivering great music and great content with your albums and your, your success stories, but also you're helping the emerging artists and yeah. to try to get their songs out there, get their songs yeah. produced with your production company. Talk to yeah. us about that. And why is that important to you? Man, Rashawn, this, this, probably the best idea that God ever, ever gave me before, man. Um, a, a subscription-based production company. I know that production, sometimes people pay, um, or they try to, they pay so much money to record um, albums. You know, like you could get up to, in gospel music, you can get up to, you know, 20, 30, 50, to $100,000, depending on what kind of budget right. you're working with. Um, so what my team and I, we came up with was a subscription model where people just pay a flat fee of $1,500 a month mm -hmm. to receive up to four songs in production. And mm -hmm. then they walk away owning the masters. And so um, we we have seen, I mean, what, what I thought was going to be like a little small company launch, um, we we right away started with over 500 subscribers mm -hmm. that um, that immediately said, hey, we want help producing our music. And so um, now we got producers all over the world that sit at home and wait for us to give them the green light to start producing on a ton of projects. Right. And um, like I say, it just gives people a chance to kind of even the playing field, because sometimes, like you say, whether it's gospel music or any music in the entertainment industry, it kind of can feel like a fraternity that people cannot get into. And so I wanted to open the door for everybody so they can try to get in. At least you'll have a chance to have some product. Well, you know, his new album is Anthems and Glory. 17 songs is live. I love live. I love it. Is, because, you know, you, live, you play with a song a little bit more, okay? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, you know, my, my all-time great and live album was uh, Frankie Beverly Amazed in New Orleans. So, uh, come on now, and, uh, and, and uh, Marvin Gaye, live in London. They're my all-time favorite right there. Come on old now, old school. school. <laughs> old school. But I got some new school, y'all. Anthems and Glory. 17 songs, baby. He got my girl, Tamla Man on there, my boy Smokey Dorville, Kier Shear. Oh, man, yeah. these people have been on my show. They've talked to me. I've hugged them. I've been blessed by them. And more importantly, I'm being blessed by you with this great interview. Man, you, you, you're a friend, young brother. In fact, you, you, you're yeah, my little yeah, brother. You, Welcome to my world, okay? <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you, my brother. And we're going to keep promoting you, man. I'm going to put you on my social media, my newsletter, and do what I do my part. Do my part, Todd. I'm going to do my part. Okay. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Cool. I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, okay? You got it. We will be right back with more Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. 
Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. I sat down with former NFL player turned entrepreneur Herman Moore. He's changing the game with his hair, beard, and skincare company that provides high quality, all natural products designed specifically for black, young, and adult men. He makes it his mission to help black men look and feel their best because he believes when you look good, you feel good, so you do good. Here's what he had to say Grooming is something that I think we all need to pay attention to, uh, especially when you're looking at trying to make sure you present yourself uh, as your best. And we, we know that. When you, you, you feel good and you look good, you do good. I mean, yes. that's just that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if we provide those products and we not just products, but high quality products at an affordable price, uh, that allows us to be able to make an impact there. If you want to listen to this full interview with Herman Moore, it's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Tyra Myricks. She is a Brooklyn native. I love Brooklyn, live in New York uh, for five years, Manhattan. So I never lived in Brooklyn, but I know Bob Brooklyn. She's a Brooklyn native who's the design, director of design and merchandising and development at OVO and an entrepreneur crafting her own lane. As the only daughter of hip-hop legend Jam Master, Jay of Run DMC, she quickly understood her aptitudes and the impact that she created within this world. A lot of people don't do that. That's why I wanted her on the show to talk about that. Amongst her many endeavors, Tyra was working alongside Tiana Wallace, daughter of rapper Biggie Smalls, to create Juicy Pizza. Now, you got me at the pizza part, right? Juicy just made me want to stand in line. The eatery is a commemoration of Biggie Smalls to bring back the embodiment of Brooklyn to L.A. Do you hear what I'm saying, y'all? They bringing the East Coast to the West Coast with plans to give back to the local homeless community. Juicy Pieces is scheduled to open in 2021. We'll talk about that. Tyra Myricks is a serial entrepreneur, which means that she got her hand in a her hand, her hand in a lot of things. At the age of 21, she sought out her first venture of wealth. It's called Wealth, a streetwear apparel brand with the simple sentiment of being happy. Originally known as Flight New York, Flight NYC of Flight New York City. NYC is the logo that was on there, Flight NYC. Soon to be international brand gained more than $2.3 million in sales within the first three years of business. You know who you're talking to. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Tyra Myricks. How you doing, Tyra? I'm great. How are you? Well, you know, if people are listening to the show, they can't see this amazing view in your back because you're based in Los Angeles, California. You know, I know you're New York City born, but you can't get that view. Can't get that view I'm watching behind you in New York City. No, no, you can't. So tell me about yourself. You, you're, you're still relatively young as an, uh, an entrepreneurship in the, uh, in the, I guess, the millennial space has really uh, taken control. Is it technology that has allowed young people to dive into the entrepreneurial role so quickly or just a different desire, a different time that we live in right now with internet and uh, video phones? And I grew up with the rotary dial telephone. This is the years I grew up with, Tyra. I, I lived through the rotary dial telephone. Then I would live through the text. 
Then I lived through the giant cell phones. And now in the in the 90s, I got a little small Motorola telephone, which at the time when I purchased it was $1,200 at the time. And then now we're living in an age where, you know, you basically tap your phone and see somebody across the world and visually. So talk about how technology plays a role in your life and has made you so motivated to win. I think that technology and the advancement of social media is definitely playing a huge role in um, the amount of entrepreneurs we have today. I feel like the generation that I grew up in specifically, like we saw the crossover from, you know, not being able to be on the house phone and the internet at the same time from dial up to wireless, um, from 3G to 4G to 5G. Um, and now, you know, the technology is is getting even more advanced. And I feel like social media has a huge influence where, you know, before when you had to set out a, a press release or anything like that, it was something that was a fax or, you know, scheduled or anything like that. Now we can share information with just the touch of a button and influence the masses. Um, you don't have to subscribe to magazines. You don't have to subscribe to anything that is a subscription, a subscription cost. Right. Um, so these gems and these tools that may not have been as relevant and resourceful um, 10 years ago are at the tip of our fingers, which is pretty much influencing the human mind in, in its entirety. So I feel like it does play a huge role in the amount of entrepreneurs right. that we have today. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So basically... Uh, and I, I, I have a clear understanding of this. Sometimes I ask questions not because I don't know. It's because I want to make sure that people who are listening or watching have a clear understanding of your gifts, your ability to take advantage of what's made available. Because a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people are still working on traditional ways of trying to purchase media on radio or trying to pull up a billboard or still putting up signs in barbershops and beauty salons, which still work, by the way. But because of social media, it affects and creates engagement, sometimes with thousands and sometimes with millions. When did you realize social media can be used for you effectively, Tyra, and and putting together your dreams and also building your brand? So luckily for me, I was on Twitter before everybody was verified. Um, Like I was like on Twitter, like one of the first people. Well, I wouldn't say the first people, but like I was on Twitter before the wave. Um, And then Instagram, I actually stumbled upon Instagram thinking it was an app to just like edit pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was before the algorithm. So Instagram used to, the way my brand actually like got out there is Instagram. Now, if you mass follow people on Instagram, you would for sure get blocked. But um, when Instagram first started, we would just sit there all day and like follow a bunch of people. Um, And that just translated into sales. Um, And eventually Instagram, I think we were like maybe following like 600,000 people with like 200,000 people following back. But um, Instagram eventually shut that Flight NYC page down. But it grew that audience that stuck with us um, and allowed us to just reach out to celebrities before you know, an algorithm happened or, you know, they could, they were getting paid to uh, be brand ambassadors and just hone and create those relationships. Um, So like DMing a celebrity in 2012 was very accessible. It wasn't, uh, oh, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, here's my rates. It's you're doing dope things. Everybody's following you. You know, that's back when the popular page was a thing on Instagram. Now we have the explore before it was like the popular page. If you got a certain (laughs) amount of likes in a certain amount of time, you on a popular page. So we understood that algorithm and um, just like backdooring people's followers, like celebrities and learning your market. Like if we want to sell clothes and we're from Brooklyn, we're going to everybody who follows Fab and follows everybody that they that are that's following Fab. 
um, because we have that network. So it was pretty much just being young, but understanding that this in tech is going to go to the, the next level and abusing what they had to offer before they knew the potential or had that that range to be able to right. be a, a platform that blocks you for this or blocks you for that. Because if Instagram came out the gate with that, nobody would have Instagram. It wouldn't be where it is today. So um, just taking advantage and learning learning the market and, and how to use tools before, you know, we can't use them anymore. Because I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I know uh, I was still managing Steve Harvey at the time. We had like about a million fan club members. And I would, I would look on TV and I see the little Twitter logo and next to the CNN anchors or sports anchors. And I was like, and I was resistant to change. And that's why I like, I wanted to talk to you about it because when you are resistant to change other people in the process of participating, you kind of like getting behind the line, that line's getting longer in front of you. And so, and, and so I was resistant. And eventually I came over, of course, but it uh, probably about a year it took me to realize that I should start investing my time and start growing and participating with social media. And so, so many people are resistant to change. In your business, change is kind of like the norm. Why is that? And how do you stay ahead of the curve, Tyra? I think that at first I was pretty much reluctant to change. Um, yes. I'm still a person that like, has trouble with change. But the only thing in life that is constant is change. Um, and we have to constantly move and adapt to that change. If I would have been a person that's just like, I'm going to stay on Facebook and, mm -hmm. you know, not go over to Twitter in 2009, I probably wouldn't have had that jump ahead of the curve um, that I have today. And um, I think that a lot of that success can be credited to just you know, jumping onto things. Um, there was a app that you could go live. I think it was like Ustream or something like that, where like celebrities would go live and engage with their fans and, and stuff like that. And I was like on those apps and, you know, before Instagram had a live, um, you know, so it was like before you could just tweet Twitter pictures out, you know, we had to store them in Puttlocker and stuff like that. Like I was always looking and anything that was being used by someone influential, I'm like, okay, well, let me make my account, you know, because you don't know what's going to take off. Um, and if you get on it before it takes off, you know, you have that, that inclination of, you know, where it's about to go. And you're able to gauge that actually just by following trends and um, algorithms and, and numbers and data and stuff like that. Well, th that's important because I want to talk, go back to OVO where you create designs and for all the stores located in North America, Canada, England, Japan, to match each demographic. I want to stop right there because right there, my mind about to explode because right there you mm -hmm. said each demographic. So yes. I'm looking at a very calm individual. You know, you don't feel like you, you're drawn as we talk. You know, you feel like <laughs> you know how to slow it down. You know how to shift gears. I, let me repeat what I just said. She create, curates, curates designs for all stores located in North America, Canada, England and Japan to match each demographic and the head of tour merchandise for artists like Drake, Party Next Door. Wow. Talk to me. You know how this is about time management now. This is about the yeah. ability to be able to stop the clock, know where you're at, and also to show superior leadership. And also people have to trust your decisions that you make. Let's kind of like navigate slowly because I don't want to brush over this because I, I brought that up for a reason because you're a superior talent. And I'm a, I'm a big person on bragging about my time management. But you kind of like put me in a, I, I should go back in my little corner and just, uh, just, just curl up when I talk to you. How do you do it? How do you pull it off? 
Um, I would say my main thing that I had to learn to adapt to is not being afraid to ask for help. Um, when I first started out, I was a person who thought that, you know, not having eight hours of sleep means you have eight figures or, you know, just like the, the little cliche things that we take and we learn and adapt from watching different successful people. Um, and I was very stubborn in the, in the thought process of thinking that no one will get it done the way I get it done. And sometimes I still think that, but it's okay to have a team and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to admit your weaknesses and your flaws. And it's okay to say, look, I need a break. Can you cover for me? Right. Um, and it's the most important thing, because when we think that we constantly have it, we're literally moving, 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 moving until we crash into a brick wall. And when we crash into that brick wall, the recovery is harder than just stopping along the way and saying, Hey, I needed some help. Wow. You know, when I, I think about when I look at my life, what I try to share over my interviews is that not that my life is so important. I've done so many different things, but also I, I try to learn from an interview. An interview, like I, I always brag about how little sleep I get. And then, and that's my badge of courage, my badge of a choice that I promote, that you got to work hard in order to achieve your dreams. You're also saying in your my interview with you, you said, Rashawn, that's true, but you should also uh, apply to who you are. Because everybody's course to success is not tied to how they did it, but how you can apply it to your life so you can do it equally successful without burning yourself out. Because I don't see you as a person who's going to burn herself out. Why is that? Um, I feel like quite often we just get caught up in like, this person is successful. So Oprah's successful. She's a millionaire. Let me mimic her lifestyle. Right. But there's a lot of successful people. And, you know, Oprah's path is for Oprah. And it works for Oprah because that's the way that God ordered her steps. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to work for you. So you have to pull different pieces of different people's story and figure out, figure out what adapts to you. Don't change who you are, but become a better person. Don't, like, I feel like life is too short to just, like, mimic other people and, you know, become a robot. You know, you got to figure out what works for you. Um, because, you know, we have one life and it's, it's pretty short. Um, <laughs> so you don't want to spend it, you know, you want to spend it making as few mistakes as possible. Mistakes are inevitable, of course, but we want to make it, spend it making as, as few mistakes as possible. So it's just like, you know, figuring out what works for you quickly and always being able to know that that may not work in, in a year from now. So you, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to change and quickly. And if you need a break for, even if it's six months to a year, don't be afraid to take that break because what's for you is going to be for you. Well, that's, that's really important. Now, when I, when I mentioned earlier that she's a serial entrepreneur during the pandemic, during the pandemic, now she opened a gym called method, uh, method gym down and down first black on, by the way, yes. uh, in downtown LA, which is, which, you know, I'm going like, okay, really, really? So first of all, during the pandemic, you're going to open a business. Okay, let's talk about that decision. And then being the first Black-owned gym in downtown L.A., which is which is revitalized, by the way. If you go down there, I remember way back in 1990 when Steve Harvey and I did a, a broadcast outside of uh, Staples. Uh, it was like parking lots and cars. Now you go down there, L.A. Live, it doesn't even look the same anymore. It's like crazy, beautiful down there. So when, when you talk about you... Uh, a visionary. I, mean, I have to put the word visionary attached to your name, Tyra, because of Thank the fact you. that you are making the decision not based on what the situation is currently about what it will be in the future. That's what visionaries are. So to open the gym, why you wanted to open the gym and why did you choose downtown L.A.? 
Um, so I kind of came in on the project when the location was already chosen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have too much say in that. But I thought downtown L.A. was a good area because it's pretty much where everyone who comes to L.A., um, they they move to like downtown L.A., Koreatown, all in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, when I first came to L.A., lived in that area. So I know like downtown L.A. is, is coming up. Um, you know, the buildings, the luxury buildings and things like that. And that's pretty much if I had to pick an area to have that mix, that melting pot of, mm-hmm. you know, a market, it would be downtown L.A. So that's why the the location once, um, you know, they, they told me where it would be. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's genius. <laughs> now, what classifies what, what what's a gym? Is it like I said, is it weights? Is it uh, exercise classes? Is it cycling classes? What qualifies Method Gym as a gym and what attracts people to either membership or weekly uh, uh, pay as you go? What is the process of generating revenue at Method Gym? So at the method, we have this one class, which is a class where you use a Versa climber, which it, it pretty much simulates climbing a mountain. Right. So this is also a machine that LeBron James uses for an hour a day, every day. Um, and the uh, Metcon class pretty much is a mix of lifting weights, dead, uh, a cardio, a bike, and the Versa climber, which allows you to burn anywhere from 600 to 900 calories. Uh, calories in a 30 minute interval while working all three metabolic systems at the body at the same time. So you're pretty much getting a very extensive workout in 30 minutes. So that's our like main thing that we're pushing and it gets people in. But then on the other side of that, we also have a boxing gym, um, which, you know, people love boxing. And then on the outside, we have an outside turf that allows you to link cables and stuff like that. So you can have circuits. Um, And then we have a recovery room and a sauna. So we pretty much cover all bases um, to be able to, you know, apply to an appeal to anyone who wants it. So all of our um, classes end in con. So we have Metcon, Abcon, Bootycon, like anything that you can think of, mm-hmm. uh, ab class, a, a, a class just for your glutes, a, a class just for boxing. If you want to do a circuit, we have it. And then, of course, you know, Metcon. So it's pretty much, you know, to find your niche and where you fit in. And then every Wednesday for like females who may not be into working out, but they want to be empowered and be around other females. We have a woman crush Wednesday workout um, where just females get together at 1030 and come together. And we throw a free workout for them to be able to feel confident in working out and make that leap of faith. Well, let's talk about my favorite part of this interview. We're going to continue, but the juicy pizza. Okay. Because I am a foodie. You might not know that about me, Tyra. I am a foodie. So let's talk about the whole concept of doing a pizza, which is, we know there's a difference. Because I've lived in New York. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Los Angeles. I'm born and raised in Houston. I'm now based in Atlanta. So I know there are different pizzas in different parts of the country. I love the thin pepperoni pizza of New York. I love the deep dish of Chicago. And L.A. gives you a mixture of both. And then Houston kind of like steals from everybody, but they throw a little Tex-Mex on a lot of their pizzas so you can get a little bit of everything. They do a great, great, I think, thin pizza. I like to believe in the state yep. of Texas, especially Houston. So, what brand are we bringing to Juicy Pizza in Los Angeles, and where do we start uh, uh, with the menu? Absolutely. So, Juicy Pizza is basically a New York experience. Yes. So, we are bringing straight New York pizza to LA um, from everything, including the water. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's straight New York slices, New York pies, and then to add a little twist, 
you know, New York is like a melting pot. Um, so you can go here and, you know, you're going to get great food. You're going to get great Jamaican food. You're going to get great Indian food. You're going to get great wow. Chinese food. So all of the favorite things that were my go-to, um, you know, growing up, we made toppings on um, the pizza. So, you know, New York is known for Chinese food being great. So, you know, I loved beef and broccoli growing up. So we have a beef and broccoli pizza. Um, there's a fried lobster pizza. There's a oxtail pizza. And then, you know, you have your, your, your jerk chicken pizza. And then you have your standard, you know, pepperoni and cheese uh, pies as well. Girl, I'm just staring at you now. <laughs> fried lobster pizza? Oxtail pizza? Come on, jerk chicken? Come on now. Who thought of all this fantastic craziness and does it come in small, medium, and large? Are they 12-inch or are they super-sized, 24-inch size pizzas? What do we have here? So we have the standard New York 18-inch pizza. Okay. Um, that's we only sell one size just Smart. to, you know, make it easy to keep the, the SOP going and, and the standards because the amount of traffic that we're going to have, we have to be able to keep quality control at the yes, same time. Mm -hmm. So we're only offering 12 inch pie. I mean, sorry, 18 inch pies as well as slices. Now slices are, are great. So you would do, you won't, you won't get into any strombolis and all that stuff. You just 18 inch. No, we have a side salad and um, New York. There's a infamous deli sandwich called the chopped cheese. So we have chopped cheese egg rolls and a side salad in addition to those 18-inch pies. I'm talking to a vision, visionary or a serial entrepreneur, uh, Tyra Myricks. You know, uh, there's always a passion in everybody. I think when you when you see so many things done a certain way, there's always a desire to give back. And uh, that's part of your, I guess, DNA. Uh, I, know uh, I know you're tied to your, your father's foundation, but talk about the whole process of giving back. And what's the goal of giving back? I feel like just it should be our second nature. You know, um, the goal of giving back, there really isn't a goal. It's it's pretty much just my intuition to try and change and help as many people as I can. There's things that I do that I don't I don't vocalize or or ask ask for accolades um from. I just feel like when we are when we have so much you know, put in a position where we have so many blessings, it, it means nothing if you don't share them with other people, you know, like you can be used as a catalyst to change. And, you know, you may be put in this position just to change the lives of those around you. Like how many lives can you change? How many people can you touch? It's really not about the money because the money can be made and be spent and be made and made over again. If you have somebody and you come across the life, it may be your, your duty and your calling to just, you know, change that life or, right. or, or be, a, a, a piece of the change in that person's life. Um, so I think that, you know, just inspiring and, and helping and, and moving through, you know, my trials and tribulations, like I didn't just get on this road and it's been smooth sailing. So even in the, in the aspect of just sharing my story and helping other people not go or hit the same bumps in the road that I hit, um, you know, that's all a part of, of giving back and, and trying to, you know, be a catalyst for change. You know, when I when I when I'm interviewing you, Tyra, the interesting thing that pops up because there's so many young people who want to be you, especially when you hear the word celebrities uh, like Drake and Party Next Door. You're doing the merchandise for them. Explain the process of that because I know the merchandising, the 
people immediately just think T-shirts. But that is a multi-billion dollar business for artists, not just musical artists, but athletes, but also uh, entertainers of so many different ilks. Talk about being the head of merchandise for their tours and how exactly does that work? So um, pretty much you, you know, have to... First thing comes first is knowing the artist and knowing the market, the artist's market, um, because I've bummed a lot of collections, you know, just going with my design background, like, oh, this is genius. And, you know, it doesn't really appeal to uh, the artist's market. So just knowing your artists and knowing their market and what they like and then change, you know, putting a little bit of, you know, artist, art, artistic background or just, you know, things of that people wouldn't normally mm-hmm. think of just thinking mm-hmm. outside the box and infusing mm-hmm. it all together and creating a collection. Um, tour merchandise is essentially, I would probably say the easiest right. <laughs> because it's, you don't change. So mm-hmm. we can be on tour for three months, clip, take a month break and go back on tour for three months. And we're still selling the same merch. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like day-to-day operations with OVO, every Friday or every other Friday, we're rolling out a new collection. And that new collection has got to be based off of the numbers of the last collection and what sold more and what region sold more. Um, and then you also have different regions where like, you know, in the UK and, and Germany and things like that, they actually like are still wearing the jeans with the rhinestones on it. So you got to really know every market and, and how, you know, the best way to get an ROI um, and not even just get an ROI, but get an ROI and make it influential, make it cool. We, we don't want to just put out stuff because look, this is selling. It's just like, look, this is the market. We could switch this up. We could change it and be that game changer um, and, and make this different. She's in the pizza. She's in the physical fitness. She's into uh, clothing. She's into uh, uh, giving back. Uh, I, you know, have I missed anything, Tyra? Uh, you're giving back. You're into clothing. You're into pizza. You're into physical fitness. What have I missed? Um, I think that's pretty much it. And you're cool. And you're laid back. And you know how to manage your time. You won't lose your, you won't, you won't go crazy trying to do all these things. The blessing of this interview is that, uh, first of all, I always tell people that being young allows you to uh, change things. It allows you to also recover from mistakes. And I'm not saying she's made mistakes, but what she's doing is she's living a life based on what she feels that she can do, based on her efforts, based on her... She's not... You know, when, when you look at people who... I'm sure you've heard this, Tyra. Girl, you're doing too much. You need to sit down. Mm. What do you say to people who tell you that? Um, I think that's crazy because my grandmother used to tell me that all the time, like, Anytime I say I was getting into a new business venture, she's like not having it. Like um, my grandmother was pretty much that from that generation where and, it, and it's understandable. I have to tell my friends all that that's all the time when they say, you know, my mother's not supportive. This, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, you got to realize we come from a generation that's not the same as their generation. Yes. In their generation, it was you go to school, you become something or, you know, you take a city test and you make your salary and you know how you're going to provide for your family. So it's very unheard of. Um, so I would just say, because personally, like, I had to hear it every day um, growing up with my grandmother. Um, and I decided to make this venture. Like, my mother, she was pretty supportive. Just, you know, do it. I'm going to support you. I, 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 How can I help? You know, that entrepreneurial spirit I got from my parents. But my grandparents didn't quite understand it until I started paying their bills. And it's like, okay, 
you know, and then it's like, you know, my grandmother's bragging about me, you know, right, right. like you got to prove yourself just like you would in any industry, um, anywhere you go. If you had a job in a hospital, if you want to work your way up in that hospital, whether it be from a nurse to like mm-hmm. the head nurse, you have to prove yourself. And it's no different in the industry or the uh, or being an entrepreneur. You know, the more accolades you get on your belt, the more knowledge that you get, the more that you're able to prove yourself and show yourself and and let people know that you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. People are going to gravitate and attract to like, this person knows what they're doing. Right. Um, so don't ever, ever, ever get insecure or caught up in somebody else's thoughts of you because only you know your true potential. Well, it's really important that you say it about your grandmother. I, I, I know my father, when I quit my job to be a stand-up comedian, in his mind, he couldn't even wrap his head around that because, you know, he couldn't figure out hourly wage he couldn't afford a 40 hour week uh, how you gonna boy how you gonna get paid all i know is that that is what i wanted to do with my life i i put a plan in place to be successful at it. at least i thought that was the right plan and many years later i i, I it's not something i've regretted i'm on a, i'm on doing an interview with an incredibly talented young person like you tyra maritz and so i want to thank you for coming on money making conversation sharing your story because you are uh as they say this is a politely say a beast and uh, that's Thank a compliment, so okay? <laughs> we will be right back with more money-making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you got to be extra careful with things like burning yard waste. After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you their fearless guide to this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations, Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. I sat down with my man, Food Network star, Chef Jannard Wells. During the pandemic, he decided that it was time to make some better lifestyle choices and lost over 60 pounds. This journey has led him to launch his new vitamin line that changes lives. Here's what he had to say. We came together to create Hope Dog Nutraceuticals. Mm-hmm. Hope Dog Nutraceuticals is a, a vitamin and supplement line of company because we knew that it was in, not just important for us to have the right supplements and vitamins to put in our own body, but we want to share that with the world. So we partnered with a FDA approved company that creates some of the most amazing vitamins for us. And we have everything from 
from turmeric and ginger gummies all the way down to an amazing CBD line like the body butter. If you want to listen to this full interview with Chef Jannard Wells, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest, I like to believe, is an industry decision maker. He makes change. His name is Ryan Morgan. While being arrested on that on the bank floor, and I've been to those banks in LA. LA is one of the biggest bank. They call LA bank rob capital, bank robbery capital. Ryan promised himself while he was laying there, this was not the end of his story. When he got out of the prison in his mid twenties, Ryan had a plan. He attended Laney College in Oakland, then went on to play football at the prestigious University of San Diego under my man, who's now the Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh, before receiving his MBA from Concordia University. Since then, Ryan has spent the last 12 years in the alcohol beverage industry while working for two of the largest suppliers on the globe, where he has mostly recently for net sales himself, Ryan Morgan, $34 million. He invests at least 10% of his profits to the Watts community through his nonprofit and partners. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations. For the first time, we're definitely going to reconnect when I go out in L.A., Ryan Morgan. How you doing, Ryan? I'm fantastic, man. Pleasure to be here, Rashawn. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, you know, uh, it, there's always a journey. You know, I, I come from the inner city, and I always uh, tell people that, you know, mistakes are left and right decisions. You know, you go left, this is a decision, you go right. Nobody just can stand in the middle and just live your life. You got to make a decision. And sometimes the decision we make can call, come with consequences, good and bad. You know, uh, yeah. I, I know that uh, I look back at my college life and I, I did some silly things that if the, if, the, if the right people would have caught me, I probably would have had a different record. But the right people didn't catch me, and I was fortunate and blessed. In your situation, you participated in a bank robbery, which led to you being arrested. Tell us about that journey, because so many of our African-American youth get in these bad situations and unfortunately can't come out of it. They don't have mentors who help them get out of that or write them along the way. And that is part of your story. But let's go back to the beginning uh, that led to that point where you were arrested for robbing a bank or attempting to rob a bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rashawn, I just want to say, like, to your point, we, there's a saying in, in the neighborhood that if you knew better, you would do better. Yes. And that speaks to, uh, I think, a lot of talented black men and women, uh, black and brown men and women coming from inner cities. Uh, just a, a lack of um, opportunity, a lack of know-how, know-how a lack of uh, the right channels uh, for success. So if you knew better, you would do better. And so I think my story reflects that. Uh, yeah, so this is 1996. Um, Two weeks after my 19th birthday uh, in that summer, it was just uh, one year out of high school and kind of this uh, inner city, uh, started out inner city, typical story, kind of one foot uh, in the neighborhood, um, one foot in sports. Uh, so by the time that I graduated high school, you know, I was knee deep and gang banging and selling drugs and whatever way to hustle to make money. And so I find myself... You know, two weeks before I turned 19 on the floor of a bank, uh, we attempted to rob. And right then and there, you know, with the guns to my head and the police, I just kind of saw my life kind of flash before my eyes. Um, and it's had this kind of sick feeling like this can't be it. Like my, I knew there was more in me and I wanted more for myself. I, I knew, you know, my family wanted more for me. And so I promised myself that I was going to make this story. I was going to make this you know, lemons turn into lemonade and this wasn't going to be the end of my legacy. 
But it, but in the process of making that decision, you know, your decision that you made on that being on the floor came with consequences. So that you mm. couldn't control. Okay. And also are right. unknown because you're about to go in an environment that's pretty intimidating. So two things I gotta Absolutely. ask you. Being that you was tied to sports, that was an avenue of positivity. But then the gang banging, because I want to get a clear understanding, because mm-hmm. I've never participated in the gang. What attracted mm-hmm. you to the gang participation and what held you in that position to be in a position where you were robbing a bank? Yeah. So um, and it, my story kind of weaves into why I'm in the Watts community now. And yes, it, it's it's a story of generational kind of cycling passing down. So um, I grew up in San Bernardino, which is uh, inner city, much like Watts or Oakland, a lot of projects, a lot of poverty and therefore a lot of gangs. And so my uncles were involved in it. Right. And, you know, I'm looking up to them and it's just in that inner city environment back then it's getting better now, but we still have work to do. A lot of the male role models were individuals involved in gangs or drugs or some type of criminal activity. And as a young boy, you're looking up and seeing that as an example of what manhood is. There's a miseducation. Right. And so you fall in those steps and you have a work mentality thinking that, okay, to be a real man, I got to do X, Y, and Z, following the example of these basically criminals. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it was real easy to, to get pulled into. Um, you, you, you feel like when you're in the inner city and it's, in a, it's a misconception and, and this is what we're trying to expose that to bring truth and light. But you feel like you have limited options to where either to make money, I got to play sports or I got to do some illegal and hustle because I don't have another realistic avenue for me to help get out of this poverty uh, and this hardship in this inner city. And so I, I bit into that lie. And, and so that was why I had one foot in sports, um, which is which typical for a lot of males in, in the inner city. And then you got that pool you're in your environment, you're surrounded. And so I'm getting pulled by my environment to do that. And so that was that duality uh, where I found myself, you know, on that on that bank floor. And it wasn't the first time, you know, we had, I had done something illegal. So it was like a build up. A peak and oh, absolutely! The reason I'm not Ryan, you know, you know, I'm not putting you on uh, Front Street. We're just telling the story about that moment yeah, because, like I said, we all have a journey to get to that that compromising moment where you understand that this is not the direction I can continue to live my life. But I also want the people know that mm-hmm. you can recover, you can make change because so many people when they mm-hmm. make mistakes, they let that mistake overwhelm them. They make that mistake, prevent their dreams from happening because they feel that I can't recover. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring Ryan on the show was show that he's one of the many examples of people who have been roadblocked, who have been positioned in a high state of negativity, but they were they were they were able to come out of it by setting a plan in place. Because you just can't dream your way mm-hmm. out of it. You have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And that plan, when you got into prison, because you were in prison, how did that start leading into the direction of getting back into athletics? And how did you stay in shape? Mm-hmm. Because when you came out, you attended Laney College in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, for me, education was big. And uh, I, I believe that to this day, it's part of our three pillars um, with aqua equity, community, uh, environment, education. And that doesn't mean you have to get education from college. Uh, that's the route I went. But um, knowledge and, and education is going to help open up a lot of opportunities and avenues, open up your mind right. and help you make better choices and help you understand why you or where you're at and why. Uh, so 
Uh, fortunately, in, in the federal prison system that I was in, they offered uh, college courses, uh, continuing adult uh, courses, adult education courses. So I took advantage. Um, I wanted to, I've always been a curious mind and it just, I'm thankful that it kind of clicked early, um, when I was in prison, that education was going to help me turn my life around. So I, I took every college course, every adult continuing education course available. They had, uh, courses in finance, Spanish, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. I took whatever I can get my hands on. I ended up leaving uh federal prison with probably like nine college credits to actually uh, apply towards my degree. Wow. Now, this, but the, the, now that next conversation of transitioning, because there was, God gave you a natural talent that was sports. And I say natural talent because you was able to build on that, which led to you playing yeah. college football at the University of mm-hmm. San Diego. So I don't want to miss any steps yeah. in this conversation because we all know in a journey is never overnight. I always tell people, you go to Hollywood, you see a person on TV or see them in a the movie. Believe me, they just didn't walk to Hollywood and get cast. You know, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of frustration. Talk about that rejection. Yeah. Talk about that frustration and talk about people holding your past <laughs> against you and preventing you from mm-hmm. living a positive future. Yeah. Uh, well, I had when I was in prison, I went there right after high school and I, I was a talented football player in high school. Um, I could enter scholarship if I wouldn't have went the criminal route. But so I had these dreams about playing football right. while I was in prison all the time. It was like haunting me. And I knew if I didn't go out there and, and play after I got out at 25, that it was going to bother me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was tied into my educational uh, journey. So um, I actually was going to junior college for about a year uh, doing um, fitness training and, you know, had the physique. So I got recruited just walking on campus, you know, to my classes. And uh, thank God I did. So I played for, for Laney College, uh, Coach Beam. They just did a Netflix uh, special uh, on uh, Laney College, Coach mm-hmm. Beam. So it was his first year there. And um, I caught the attention uh, with Coach Harbaugh. It was his second year at University of San Diego, and mm-hmm. it was one of the best decisions of my life. Um, thankfully, I was focused on my uh, studies. I had a 3.66. It's a prestigious university, so you got to have great grades to get right. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they accepted me, and um, I got my degree in, in marketing. And it, it really just set my path straight. I mean, the connections I made, um, you know, what I learned there, and then the, um, just the opportunities that it opened up for me were incredible. You know, you was there with uh, was quarterback Josh Johnson. Was you there when he was there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my boy. Yep, out of West Oakland. Absolutely, Marshawn Lynch's cousin. Oh, yeah. You know, my whole thing is that when I look at the opportunities that that come your way, and uh, I'm excited about you, the dreams, and then the fact that see, I like you because you're a good looking guy. And, and so, you know, and I just try to be the good looking guy. I'll take that. Oh, yeah, you know you're a good looking guy. Come thank on now. You know, you, like you said, you walked on campus. They knew you was, they knew you were physically fit. I walk on campus. They said, what class, sir? What class? <laughs> they asked you, hey, well, man, what team yeah, you on? It's, it's interesting, Rashad, you say that because, you know, University of San Diego, you might not know this. I mean, it's 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 not a diverse uh, campus. No, Most not. of the black and brown people that go there are playing sports. <laughs> you know, I'm just being real. So uh, when I got there, you know, I'm yoked up big. Um, you know, I was 28, uh, 27, 28 when I got to the University of San Diego. So I was always looked at like this. Like I, there was a story in a, uh, like, you know, about me and a, a mystique. So I think the word got out like we got this guy on campus who did a bid in prison, and, yeah. you know, from the hood. So 
I was kind of like, they called me OG, triple OG around campus. So people kind of <laughs> knew me before I knew them, just, you know. <laughs> it was rare for somebody to be on that campus with my background, for sure. Well, the, 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 that, that's what we always talk about, background, Ryan. You know, we talk about the future now, you know, aqua equity, equity yes. you know, water. You know, I, we, we know California is, you know, is a, is a heat wave going on. Let me ask you this, first of all. When you, when you see the heat wave, does that mean revenue in your mind? You know, is, are people going to be drinking water? How do you treat weather in your in your I, line of business? How do you treat weather in your line I of business? I need a transition because I see heat wave. I think my air conditioning bill is going to be sky high. <laughs> <So> I, think, <laughs> I need a transition, but you're right. Uh, uh, with the heat wave, so we have a unique route to market and, yes, and kind of customer base. Um, mm-hmm. Being that we launched our product in March 2020, right at the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We had to pivot on how we were going to get uh, our route to market and our points of distribution. Uh, so we changed from going the traditional retail route to focus on corporate customers um, just by you know being in Watts and, and uh, contributing to the community outreach programs. We uh, caught the attention and the word of mouth got out to several producers um, and directors um, in the Hollywood industry. Melina Masukis. Um, being one of the first, and she's awesome. She got us into Warner Media Studios, um, so we're an official vendor, and they're uh, a great customer. Uh, but we're picking up corporate customers like Kaiser Permanente, mm-hmm. uh, GM, Cadillac, mm-hmm. and we're able to sell them larger quantities um, and have them as a longer, uh, long-term customer right. uh, as opposed to a retail customer. They they support our mission mm-hmm. and the community outreach we do. So. You won't see us in a traditional uh, retail store as much. Um, mm-hmm. We sell mostly uh, online to 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 our uh, our customers, um, our residential customers. Right. But our main focus is our corporate customers because they got the money to help support these these projects and, and the mission that we have. Aqua Equity, you know, is water. That's what you know. It always amazes me that you know you have all you can go in the store, you see all these different bottled brands of water. We're just talking about water in general. What mm-hmm. what differentiates water from just yeah. tap water? What, what to educate us on the whole water process for us, Ryan? Right, right. No, great question. Uh, so it all depends on your water source. Uh, obviously, certain parts of the country are going to have better uh, natural water sources, whether that's a spring or right. underground water table. Um, so what we have is two offerings. We have a Pure Mountain Spring Water out of Tiger, Georgia. Um, that had some of the best, smoothest taste in spring water. In California, a lot of people are apprehensive about spring water. So uh, we were very careful and picking the right one. And then we have an electrolyte in- enhanced water. What that means is the water is uh, purified through uh, reverse osmosis. And then we add calcium, magnesium, and potassium mm-hmm. uh, for the electrolytes to keep you hydrated um, or rehydrated faster. So those are our two main offerings. Um, and I mean, it's very simple. You, you know, raise up a great point. You know, you can get water from a tap. But so what we say is that we're not really selling water. We're, we're selling the good works and the mission uh, that we do and bringing, pe- bringing our customers in that can't physically be there to be a part of it. 
Well, that's um, important. I'm talking to Ryan Morgan. You know, Aqua Equity is his line of business, you know, but his company operates on three pillars. And we're going to talk about those three pillars. One is community, one is environment, and one is education. Now, it's always important to have a direction, and you're motivated by your past to have a brighter future. And I want to go immediately down to one we and continue that conversation because I think education has changed my life. You know, if I didn't have an education, then I wouldn't have direction in life. So I always tell people, if just go to college. Just go to college for the experience because unlike high school, you have options in college. You know, you don't have to take a course if just because that's part of the curriculum for you being a junior, senior, or uh, a freshman in college, in high school. So college have impacted you educationally. Talk about that and then talk about why it's one of the pillars with your Watch Community Corps. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, college was one of the best experiences of my life, not only because of the knowledge and education, but the connections. And two of my co-founders um, I met in college. We played football together in San Diego. Um, and part of that was that bonding experience created in college. So, yeah, I do recommend uh, individuals to seek out a college um, that, that's accessible and, and, you know, that you don't have to go into debt for uh, and get that education. You have a great experience. Um, so, you know, our three pillars, community, um, environment, education, the education piece is huge because, um, I realize how it, it can change your life. And a right. lot of people in the inner city that we deal with, they just still don't know. Um, and so we want to open up opportunities, which education can do, um, and spark the next generation of innovators and entrepreneurs coming out of uh, the WASC community. And, you know, we, we have an entrepreneur training program to do that, that we work with our nonprofit partner. Uh, so it's actually great foundation. Um, they are um, connected to the uh, L.A. City Mayor's Office. Uh, so great foundation They operate in uh, 32 locations. And then they have a, um, a STEM lab in the Nickerson Garden Housing uh, Development, which is the largest housing development west of the Mississippi, largest in the state. And so at that STEM lab, uh, we have an entrepreneur training program that is, is essentially a college course where you're going to get the fundamentals of entrepreneurship. Um, you're going to build out a pitch deck for your business idea. Uh, you're going to get that uh, practice of elevator pitching, right. pitching in front of a panel. And then we, we have basically a grant award for the top three students to help them get started on their entrepreneur journey. 3,000 for first place, 2,000 for second, and 1,000 for, for third place. We bring in uh, guest entrepreneurs every class to, to share their experience and their best practices so that our students can get different perspectives and they can take from each entrepreneur and weave that into their own business uh, plan and mindset. I'm going to ask you this. Like the, I've seen that the, uh, the entrepreneur training program is in Watts. It's at the Nickerson Garden STEM Lab on uh, Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Only on Saturdays. I know you have Zoom and you have Saturdays. Because uh, I love the I love the you know talk for you or be one of your mentors or be one of the people you like to invite in and talk because that's part of my my mantra. It's part of my give back. You know, it's time. 
You know, God has given me awesome. the ability to live a long life. I have to give back these gifts and share it with somebody. Mm-hmm. So you can you can pencil me in or ink me in or say, Rashawn, I'm holding you to it. And I'm going to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hold you to that for sure. Okay. Because I, I, I definitely want to yeah. do that, you know, because like I said, uh, I know that uh, L.A. was important in my life. I, I lived there from 1990 to 2005. I know the impact that Steve mm-hmm. Harvey and I had on radio in the community. You know, when I hear, when I see Nickerson Gardens, man, it brings back so many memories because those are legendary uh, 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 locations, housing locations in this country. You know, you start mm-hmm. talking about you, Nickerson Garden, you go, wow, you know. But I have to ask this question here because of the fact that this is what happens when you stay in the neighborhood so too long. Now, it was a core group of people that you gang banged with. You know, some of them probably got arrested with you when you was on the floor of that bank way back in the day when you was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Any relationship mm-hmm. now? Or do you know where they're at? Or as like all lives that live that life, it's been cut short? No, I mean, well, one, you know, one of them was my family member. Uh, mm-hmm. So he did time, too. He got caught up later on uh, mm-hmm. in the state and did some time. And, you know, he's out and successful in his own right. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's got his own story to tell. But um, so, yeah, we keep tabs. And then uh, another one uh, went off later on to prison, state prison for something else and got out. And, you know, he's got a family and three mm-hmm. kids. So, you know, he's got a, a great life too. So there's some, some kind of beauty um, yes. for those ashes right there. Yeah. I, um, Cause I just want to bring no, that up. I don't, I don't, uh, what's that, Sean? I said, I just want to bring that up because there's a journey, you know, you share those journeys with individuals and just, you know, that, what I'm just trying to get out of your story, Ryan, of course, you know, the aqua equity is that your, your story is told so many different ways by so many different people who don't look like you, but share their same path. You know, I can tell my inner mm-hmm. city path, but again, when you, mm-hmm. when you hear negativity, there's some positivity come out of it. Now I, I wanted to explain to people that, you know, we just was just, we didn't have the mentors. We didn't have the tools. We didn't have the environment, but wow, if we'd have had that same opportunity that other people are being blessed with, guess who we could have been? We know we could have been. Yeah, absolutely. We could have been Barack Obama. You know, we could have been yeah. the Reginald Lewis's of the world. You know, we could have been all these great people. And you are still great people. The Nelson you, Mandela's. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that that's why it's important this interview. When I do interviews with individuals like that, I'm, it's your inspiration to me. Because I know, I know who I am. I know what I am capable of doing. I know I'm capable of doing because people stop me, Ryan. They stop me. They say, Richard, I don't do that. They were mad at me when I when I when I didn't follow the path of greatness that they saw in me, which is often mm-hmm. frustration frustrating because that path that they want you to travel is kind of hard. It's kind of hard, <laughs> and it takes a little mm-hmm. discipline to be involved in that. And that's why I want to go back into the environment conversation because the environment mm-hmm. really is how you package your water because that's a path you got to follow rules. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when you follow rules, it can lead to frustration, especially when you're trying to build your business model. And one of the second pillars mm-hmm. in that we talked about education is environment. And then we're going to roll it up and talk about the community, how you giving back. But I thought it was really important to tell your story, man, not only the journey, but what you're doing now and how through just structured thought process, you turn around not only your life, but the community of Watts. Let's talk about environment. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the environment piece, uh, I talk about it two ways. You know, first with our packaging. Uh, so you kind of see the bottle behind me, uh, aluminum bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, especially in California, the single use 
plastic is a big issue. And so we didn't want to contribute to a problem. We, we wanted to help alleviate the problem. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of uh, bottled waters pra- uh, packaged in reusable aluminum, uh, recyclable aluminum. So we went that w- way to kind of start a trend and, and be f- first movers uh, in this category. But we felt it was real important to us that our packaging being aligned with uh, you know, where our heart is, is to take care of the community and the environment. So, and then the other piece of the environment is, um, me showing up to the Watts environment, to other communities in that environment, um, and telling my story so that other kids or even adults that have made mistakes realize it, it's not over. It doesn't matter, uh, what happened yesterday, pick yourself up, be determined to, to, to keep grinding, to keep working towards your goals. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you'll get there. People will help, will help you. Um, but a lot of it is a mindset shift and that's what we're trying to spark is, uh, that mindset shift and and open up their kind of, um, thought process, uh, Mm -hmm. to different opportunities instead of the traditional current environmental opportunities that are a cycle to prison or death. Right. Now, the last one is community, you know, because we know it's really how you've overcome a lot of things in life. Dream, dream. Sometimes because the pandemic could have been a dream killer because you started this whole concept in March of uh, 2020. And then in 2021, mm-hmm. you acquired several corporate cu- customers such as Warner Media, Kaiser Permanente, General Motors Corporation. And these are like these are what we like to call Fortune 500 companies. OK, which yeah. every time that logo appears on the website that you have, it brings more credibility. But it's the bottom line is the community made you, it raised you, mm-hmm. now you're giving back to it. Talk to us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. And you know, I, I love San Bernardino, I love Watts and, and Oakland and Flint and <laughs> these other black and brown cities, inner cities. That I ain't even been there. And I can say that because there's so many parallels. When I was in federal prison, I got to be locked up around brothers, you know, black and brown brothers from all over the country. And I realized that, you know, we pretty much going through the same struggles. Um, and ghettos were designed, right? So it's not a surprise now to learn that there's some of the same struggles going on in Watts that are in Oakland, that are in Cleveland, that are in Detroit, that are in Atlanta. So anyways, um, community, I, I, I love the resilience of the people in those communities, um, uh, their mindset, you know, how they find joy and happiness with, you know, very, very little uh, resources compared to, you know, what they're aware of around them. So I love that resilience and that, that fight and that people. So I'm, I'm there with them to encourage them, to, to help them and to, to show them a way. Um, there's other leaders in there I need to give a shout out to. You know, I'm the one here on this interview, but people in the community that have been there for 10, 20, 30 years, individuals like Donnie Jobert, uh, Brandon Celine Bailey, Sticks. Um, he just got the key to the city in L.A. But they've been doing you know, major positive good works in the Watts community uh, long before I got there. And me connecting in Aqua Equity, my co-founders, I got Brandon SB, JT Rogan, Crystal Jackson. <clears throat> I couldn't do it without a team. So us connecting with individuals like Donnie Jobert and Brandon Sling Bailey Sticks that are already um, in the community doing good works, it, it made it possible for us to basically be the the fuel, you know, or, or, or the turbo to, right. to, to to their engine. So 
that's a big part of the community is finding a, a team and people that are like-minded with the synergy to work together to solve problems. Well, Aqua Equity, since April of 2020, have donated over $20,000 in cases of water to food drives and various nonprofits. You're making a difference, Ryan Morgan. I got to see you soon, man. And again, I want to step up my part. I want to be there speaking to the students, these young people, these young adults, and let them know that, hey, man, I'm not special. Uh, What I did was uh, I followed the rules of life, which means you have to work hard, plan hard, and have a dream based on reality. And you live so many different dreams, sir. And uh, and, and you've been so successful in so many different dreams that have come your way. I wish you continuous success, and I will be seeing you because I promised you when my man Stephen A. Smith come to L.A., you will be meeting him, okay? Uh, all right, Rashawn, I look forward to meeting you in person, man, and having you out there with us with these good works, brother. Come on, man. L.A. my wear that, don't, don't wear that suit, though. I don't want to see you sweat that suit out, man. Yeah, hey, hey, don't worry about that, man. No, it, it won't be just this suit here. Okay, don't, don't act like I got just one suit now. <laughs> we got to have you roll up the sleeves when you come out. <laughs> I, th- I appreciate you, Ryan, man. Stay strong, all man. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, okay? If you want to see any of my interviews or hear any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. I sat down with my friend Ryan Lee. He's an entrepreneur and author laying out the framework you need to chase failure successfully which means living a life where you are pursuing your dreams, living in your purpose, and experiencing ultimate fulfillment. Here's what he had to say. I'm still going to do it because I don't have anything else. And I'm chasing failure. Mm-hmm. And so what's the worst that can actually happen? A, they don't respond at all. B, they say no. Or C, they say yes. yes. Those are the options. And you won't know which of those options you're going to get if you do nothing. Right. And so I think so many people are afraid of the word no, but it's just a two-letter word. If you want to listen to this full interview with Ryan Lee, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.